Hi friends, welcome to the Mobile Bev Pros podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing mobile bar professionals with the information they need to succeed. I'm your host and fellow mobile bar owner, Sarah Murphy. Each episode, I'll be bringing you interviews, knowledge, anecdotes, or opinions with the goal of assisting you in building a profitable, sustainable, and scalable mobile bar business that will support the lifestyle you dream of. I'm excited for today's episode, so let's get started. Here with me today is Tabiso from the Everyday Bar. He's coming all the way from South Africa in Johannesburg. As a result, we hope that listeners will forgive us if there's a little bit of delay or noise because the connection seems to be a touch spotty today, but it's fine because the information is going to be awesome and it's worth sticking it out for. Today's topic I'm really excited about. I originally requested to a, a bartending group anybody who felt like they had information to share and part upon the mobile bar industry from anywhere in the world. And Tabisa reached out wanting to talk about LQA standards, which actually triggered a really fun conversation for me because as someone who graduated from the Cornell Hotel School with a master's degree, I know of the LQA standards, but they're primarily in the US anyways, primarily used for hotels. And so when he suggested this, as a conversation for the mobile bar industry, I was intrigued to, to say the least, but he was pretty passionate about the fact that LQA standards align very much with the mobile bar world. And uh, since he would know firsthand, I was excited to bring him on to talk about that. So to be so, tell our listeners, what are LQA standards for those who don't know? Well, uh, LQA standards, the acronym itself, is, it stands for Leading Quality Assurance. So these are the base standards. Uh, the hotel industry uses to audit different hotel groups. They audit them with regards to service standards from how the establishment looks from when they entered that establishment, when they come to audit it, if they were greeted properly, how the staff is dressed, the body language. Yeah, and all these cues for that you need to pay attention to when dealing with guests, not repeating their names and stuff like that, and just talking to them more on a human level, not just as a client. So that was more of the reason of LQS10, as I think it was personalized service, just getting rated, and it's mostly used by, yeah. So basically, that's what LQS10, yeah, they normally help rate the quality of of service across different boards, from bar to to floor stuff. Yeah, in a nutshell. I love that. I love the idea of some sort of unified system for mobile bars, but also for everything, but specifically in this case, because mobile bars are very much a gray area. I think in the terms of hospitality, we don't have organizations like the you know international hotel association or anything like that it's kind of overseeing or or establishing well this one's more quality than this one because they meet these particular standards which is a fascinating concept i think and so in regards to what you know of and what you've learned and practiced with lqa standards which ones do you think are most appropriate or most interesting for the application to mobile bars uh yeah, like in terms of mobile bars, like like you said, mobile bars being a gray area, and it's not like there's anyone constantly evaluating them because they keep moving around. They're more of an informal bar. So there isn't much regulation. 
Because right. uh, and even the stuff is hardly permanent. The the one time they could be bad based on the people who got hired, and the next time they might be super awesome because they have right. better stuff. So in terms of which standards to properly that properly align with, with the mobile bar industry, it, it'll be standards that have to deal with uh, how you talk and approach the guest. Such standards, standards like remembering orders. It also helps within the standards. Just how the stuff behaves, it shouldn't be just because it's an informal it's an informal setting that they shouldn't be bound by some level of professionalism. Some in mobile bar settings, some people end up consuming alcohol while working because I mean it's it's more informal. So it's more loose. It's not like you have a whole corporate identity behind you that enforces a whole lot of rules and regulations upon you. So grooming standards are going to be essential in mobile bar and time as well. You're going to have to be still maintain the efficiency of your service even while you're remote. So yeah, such standards, I think those are the more standards that should still be recognized within the mobile bar industry. Yeah, I really, I really, really love this as someone who obviously has been formally trained in hospitality and also spent about 15 years in the restaurant industry, some of that time in the hotel industry as well. I do think that that's something that I've been, I've benefited from in in imparting onto my own mobile bar. There's some part of me that is super stickler about things like uniform and vocabulary, even, um, there are, certain, there are certain things that I, you know, like when someone comes to the bar, you don't want to hear, what do you want? Right. It's like, how can I help you? Or you know, may I get you something? Right. There's, there are little tiny vocabulary changes that make a big difference that I don't know if it comes all that naturally to people if they haven't had some sort of formal training. And believe it or not, we have a large number of mobile bar owners that get into the industry without formal hospitality training. It's more a yeah. side hustle. It's something they're like, oh, these bars are so cute. I could totally do yeah. this. They really like people. They like to interact with people and they love weddings or they love whatever. And so something like LQA standards, I think would be super helpful for those people. If not, not that they have to apply all of those things to their business, but if they choose the ones that they like, it'll help them become more consistent. It might yeah. might even raise uh, the level of hospitality that they're providing to the guests. So if, if someone is listening and they are a mobile bar and they're interested in learning more about what LQA standards are, where would they go to find this information? Well, uh, with regards to LQA specifically, because I, I started learning about the LQA standards when I started traveling. And it's not like a system that's used in South Africa, in the restaurant or bar industry, a lot, even within the hotel industry. It's used by, by some groups that are international, but it's not as serious as it is when you are, yeah, in the United States, for example, or in the UK or the Middle East, which is where I learn more about the significance and the importance of LQA standards. So uh, you could go, go online and uh, find institutions and most recognized institutions to get certified, you'd have to just Google LQA standards institutions. And uh, they aren't even a lot because they handle a whole portfolio of, of hotels worldwide. 
Yeah, I think they might chuckle if I myself reached out to them and asked to become certified in the LQA, LQA standards, right? Because they're going to be like, I'm sorry, what? What are you? <laughs> and it's probably pretty expensive. Yeah, it, it's a bit costly. But at times they are looking into branching off into different countries like like in Africa, for one, you know, because a lot of places don't have certified facilitators that they can use to audit the hotels that are based in Africa, unlike just sending someone abroad to come audit this side, which is what they normally do. They mostly have people flying in to do their audits as to they could have local people. So they're also looking to branch off. So should you ever be interested in getting certified and having an an LQS standard certified certificate, you will have to, you know, reach out to such said organizations and they, they will help you in terms of aligning you with their goals as well. Yeah. And even if even if you don't choose to become certified or if they don't have a specific desire to certify our little mobile bar community um, individually, the, the standards themselves would be worthwhile reading and incorporating into the standards as designed by the individual mobile bars as it, a big part of why I started Mobile Bev Pros and, the, and a big part of why I do the podcast and the blog and have the membership is because it's important for me to maintain the longevity of mobile bars. And the best way for me, the best way I think that we do that is to show up as a community, as an industry, as a niche, as being super professional, super valuable to the overall party experience. And consistent, I think, with the expectation that people can expect. Now, do I think that everyone's experience that they provide needs to be the same? No, but I do love the idea of the whole experience around mobile bars being one that, oh, you should definitely hire a mobile bar for your event, not just because they have pretty rigs, but because they have this unified level of service that goes above and beyond that which is offered by bartenders that the caterers might have or people who maybe uh, bartend on the weekends or as kind of like a side hustle. People who identify as mobile bars have a standard by which they perform operated and expectations that you have can are higher, right? I, I love the idea of that. Even if LQA itself doesn't want a part of the mobile bar industry, which I, I can't speak for them because I haven't actually talked to them yet. Um, yeah. But I do think that the concept behind some sort of standardization, some sort of baseline level of expectation is is a fascinating concept and one that I hadn't thought of before you you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you pointed out earlier, that uh, there's a lot of people who go into such industries within the hospitality industry and they have no background with. And we have a huge number of that, of people who started their own, be it a restaurant or mobile bar company, without having any experience. They just had the the capital to inject in, into such a venture. And uh, those people, most of the time, as it's always a good thing to employ people, but uh, they create a room for all these things that, that are not regular within the industry by not following certain procedures because obviously they, they wouldn't know how to. Right. And, and because they are funding these programs, they normally just do away without following procedure because they're mostly looking for the capital side to profit from such a business, of which is a business, but at the same time, making the industry be so 
unruled and unregulated that it becomes hard for that whole mobile buy industry to be a better communion, you know, like have people representing it even on union level where people are paid certain amounts across boards, across continents. People, they tend to just charge you however much they can charge you and you're going to have to choose whether you accept it or not. So the, for one, there isn't much regulations even on the unseen side of the whole business, which is the hiring side. It doesn't have permanent staff most of the time. They don't have right. no benefits, nothing. And this right. leaves a big room for other people. Not, not, not everyone is, is the same to take the opportunity right. and, and exploit certain people. So should there be some more regulations and more institutions that govern the mobile bar industry itself, where they, they should make mobile bar companies meet a certain requirement for them to be operational, you know, like have be certified in some way, not just to have the business plan and open it and take all the boxes, but like just meet certain standards and be audited continuously even randomly at that, to see and evaluate them properly. And it also helps whoever works for that company, should they want to work somewhere else, should they want to take up a career within the broader sense of the hospitality industry. And they could use working in a mobile bar industry as certified experience. Because at times, people who started off and all they did were, were events, they, they don't necessarily get recognized much, you know, right. within an industry. You can't come up and be like, yeah, I'm a bartender. And they're like, where have you worked? Yeah, mobile bar company. They're like, what? I mean, you don't know much. You don't know, <laughs> you know, you don't know much procedure. All you know, it's just informal teaching of opening right. the bar. Whereby if you work on a standalone bar, the procedures are different. The closing, the opening procedures, all of that is different. How you handle guests is different. There's certain, uh, there's certain laws that are going to govern you. Uh, yeah, so all in all, we just need more regulations. And should we have regulations, we're all going to be on the same path. And it's going to be easier for us to collaborate and work together, which is more on what we need. I feel like the lockdown has shown us that we can connect from everywhere in the world and still work and everybody can profit still from working anywhere. I mean, I could even get a hire to come do a party somewhere in, in the U.S. as part of a certain bar team and then vice versa. We can create such channels where people can start traveling, can, can learn and can grow and diversify. Teresa, the, the vision for the opportunity held within the mobile bar community that you've just shared is literally blowing my mind, right? So like you have the opposite, the opposite seasons that we do. And like, what an amazing thought that we could have a program where someone, not necessarily a mobile bar owner per se, because we've got lots of other things that go on and off season, but our staff, Mm -hmm. for example, who are trained in these we're going to call them hypothetically mobile bar quality standards, trained in this program, certified in this program, and then have a desire to travel with some sort of understood or agreed upon rate of compensation across 
countries because obviously different economies, different standard mm-hmm. quality of living, right? So someone might make more or less in, in a different com- country than they do in their home mm-hmm. country, but some sort of baseline agreed compensation. And then they could they could winter for us, but summer for you, they could winter in uh, South Africa working for the everyday bar and then come back to their the home you know yeah, city and, and awesome. pick up the season there with this understanding that they know how to run an event similarly uh, within the two countries. I just gosh, I love the the opportunity there. So when yeah, you I mean, start this program? And the opportunity itself it doesn't only present itself with mobile bars. When are we gonna start the program? Well, <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I've approached uh, Pino Record with a similar idea, which was only including hotel staff because I was working mostly with hotels at the time. And I decided to see, you know, that this can be a broad venture where it shouldn't be limited to only hotel staff and only bar staff. It could be all kinds of stuff from chefs as well to waiters. And like you said, moving around different economies, like this helps people to get to properly connect and know more about one another besides what they see on social media or on the internet. They they will get to actually Absolutely. like experience that whole change of scenario. And it also brings like a niche concept to it where I'll be in South Africa and I don't know, like in summer here and for me to say, or like I have some bartenders from the States who are only, you know, seasonal for a specific time. Or have a bartender from the United States, one from Brazil, I don't know, one from, from Japan. Like, like it's so diversified. The, the cultural opportunity, you know, to learn, is, it's so huge. I agree. As someone who was a foreign exchange student when I was in my late teens, I spent a year in Venezuela, which was amazing. And someone who worked in the hotel industry and the restaurant industry for many years, wherein we would use, we call them J-1 visas, but basically they were temporary staff from other countries and and they were getting the experience of coming over and working in the hospitality field. I did my master's degree with a, a large number of people from Singapore and also India, and they were doing kind of student exchange programs through the, the hotel because the, the hospitality industry is so international. Yeah. Like it, you sit, serve tables, you're serving people very similarly in France as you do in the United States and other parts of the world. Like there are certain steps and standards and parts of that, that process that remain exactly the same. If I'm going to order a margarita in Mexico, it's very similar to how I'm going to make it here in the States, probably very similar to the way that you're going to well, make it in South Africa, yeah. um, because these are classics. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just, I just love that concept. I love that idea. And so I'd love to think that we're planting a seed for you to be so and that the next time we talk, you're going to say, guess what? I have this amazing program and I would love for Mobile Bev Pros oh. to uh, share it with their owners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like I, lo- I actually look forward to that and to kind of more realize that platform. I've, uh, I've teamed up and worked with a local youth magazine. It's called Destiny Careers. They normally, you know, like just inform youth more about like current challenges or like how to start a business, how to make it in certain industries whereby a lot of people don't know much information about because there's also some industries and some professions that, that are foreign to most and there's people thriving in it and it's niche to, to specific countries at times, to specific races or let's say gender at times. So we're trying to just open up all these markets and channels 
for people to have more opportunity worldwide. And uh, with with the platform of the magazine, I'm also using it to introduce other talents from other parts of the world. And I share, it could be a, a cocktail from, let's say, from someone in Honduras, for example, and I will take a certain bartender and that, that cocktail and just a, a brief story, just marketing them locally here as well to just just to get people to try be more inquisitive and want to find out more. I love that. I love that. Well, you've, you've taken us on a little dream session today, to be so, and I'm, and I'm not mad about it. I'm actually really excited and energized by the opportunity. I think it's easy. It's easy to kind of get grounded in what currently is about the mobile bar industry. But as someone who has identified, stepped out in front of the industry and said, like, I I would be willing and happy to lead this industry to bigger, better, greater places. um, Ideas like this really excite me because I see opportunity here for the industry as a whole. And the mobile bar industry is so universal that we have members from the United States, South Africa, Australia, the UK, uh, parts of the Middle East. I had someone from Mumbai reach out the other day. I just love this. I love that the mobile bar industry is kind of taking over the world in, in many unique and really fun ways. And this is just one more I think peace that can help us bring it all together, despite the fact that we're kind of everywhere. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And to also realize that the hospitality industry is not limited to just itself. I feel like the hospitality industry, in terms of its training and it, or like what it stands for, it should be a baseline for each industry where even the police, to be a police, you have to learn some aspects of hospitality on how to serve but how to be a server and, and deal with all kinds of people. This will give you perspective when working in government or working in corporate for that matter. This can help, can help you open up your mind to not just being all close-minded, to be like, a, just because I, I don't know, I work in, I'm an astrophysicist, ah, hospitality industry has nothing to do with me. We can collaborate. Who knows what we can accomplish? You know? <laughs> together with astrophysicists as hospitality professionals. So we have so much room to collaborate with so much other industries for us to, to make it and create more opportunities that other people are lacking. And hospitality can also be a stepping stone for, for other people. So not everybody can aspire to be, I don't know, a chef. Some people have to be a chef so that they could, I don't know, be an Olympic swimmer. I don't know how that links together, but we don't know people's journeys. They differ. Well, to be so, I can, I can help you. I can help you there because my husband is currently, he just graduated law school, but he's a classically trained chef. He became a chef, classically trained, was the head chef of a few restaurants, yeah. was energized by food, tra- transitioned into a, a job where he was the kitchen director for homeless people mm-hmm. because that 
he felt like he could be using his powers for mm-hmm. good. Then he saw so much disparity, even in, in the, the community of those that are trying to yeah. help. And so he decided he wanted to change policy. So then he went on to, to law school and oh. uh, he just graduated. And, and yeah, so like, you're right. Even the, the hospitality industry is a stepping stone for so many people, even if they reach the top levels, yeah. wherein some people would be like, you're a chef, check, you've reached your career goals. And that's not always the case. But I, and I also love your comments about people functioning within the hospitality industry as a way to be better at their jobs that aren't necessarily in the hospitality industry. I've always been of the belief that everyone should work at least six months in the hospitality industry in some form or fashion to be allowed to partake in the hospitality industry as a guest. (laughs) There's a whole nother level of empathy when you have done it, right? A lot, a lot of empathy and empathy is key. I think within all industries, a lot of people don't want to associate with the person because they don't want to have to feel. And then they go out doing other horrible things because they haven't connected with anyone and they haven't connected with you. So if you learn to connect better with, with people as a whole, you get to appreciate life differently from how you previously viewed a life. You get to care. I love that. I love that so hard to be so because you're absolutely right. Empathy is such a big part of being of service, which is what you agree to do when you join the staff of a hospitality yeah. company, whether it's a mobile bar, a restaurant, a hotel, anything. And that's the best part of who we are as an industry is the fact that we can empathize and we can meet people's needs, right? We're literally serving people every day. And that makes us special and unique, especially those of us that come into this industry by choice, like mobile bar owners, right? Like that's a huge responsibility that we take on. And it's a huge honor for us as well, which is I think why people love the industry so much is because we get a lot of energy from helping people on their biggest day, whether it's a wedding or helping people at a corporate event, just feel good for a few hours. Beverages are a huge part of the overall gathering experience. Yeah, like it's, it's so amazing to see someone truly happy at an act you did for them. When, and for you, it, it wasn't much. You just realized that this person on their ID is said it's their birthday. And without asking you, you just assembled a small cake and a small team to come sing happy birthday. Something to you that seems like a, a tick in a box for occasions in a company, it, it could mean so much for that person that you just surprised and said happy birthday to. You could be creating that small good gesture can transcend from them, you know, doing something better to someone else without them asking. And that creates a whole chain of people, you know, wanting to do better and to do more for others. Oh, gosh, Tabisa, we're really digging in on the heart of the hospitality industry and really leveling up those expectations because you, you're you so right. Like what we have chosen to do as careers can make or break people's day. And we have chosen to be light bringers in one form or another, just small moments of happiness and being served. And those things can trigger other acts of good further on down the line that we may never even know about. But it's one of the the ideal perks are it's one of the great pleasures, I think, of, of serving people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, another big reason I also decided to cover the LQA side with this chat of ours was also more, it was more inspired by the other number of people who 
chose to be in the industry and it wasn't by choice. Because we have a whole a big number of people who are within the industry and they ended up there not by choice. It's an industry where you can easily get into without much qualification. And, and that alone, because the percentage is so high, we have people who are angry at the fact that they are working within the industry. And in a way, covering a bad light for us where they're not as passionate at being a waiter. They'd see it as an insult that I'm a waiter. And this is not what I wanted. I want to be, I don't know, an engineer or I just want to be rich. Whereby <laughs> for some people, they they willingly and thought about it and aspired for and learned and sat down and researched on how to be a chef and how to be a bartender. And they they can be a bartender for 50 more years or 100 more years if, if they could. And they, they could work without pay because they're passionate about it. And the, the people who aren't, which is a big number of those people, they're making it hard to properly regulate the industry because they're flooding in in, in big numbers. And uh, also, the, the mobile bar industry is also one of our, our last lines of defense because it's easy to take someone who's who doesn't have much experience to groom them like that. But not knowing that that kind of can create some some hatred from that person from being in that industry, not just as a job opportunity. So it's a tricky situation on what role we want to play within the mobile buy industry as well, in terms of on how to properly motivate a person, you know. I think uh, you broke up a bunch in that last little bit, but I think what I could understand, what I was what I pulled from it was the mobile bar industry in a, in a big way is the last line of defense because we can take people who are greener and train them up correctly yeah. with a certain level of standards. And that, that sets both our industry apart, but also sets them up for a better future if they get their start with a solid foundation. Yeah. And yeah. And, and use that platform as a stepping stone. Not necessarily as as a whole foundation to build a house right there. It could just be, you know, a stone to move on to other pastures. So that's also the tricky part where you you have employers when they employ you, they want you to to be employed and stay there and be loyal to them. Not necessarily are looking for your benefit where they have to train you and hope that you become the better version of yourself where you can go train other people and grow as an individual. I think it's hard with yeah. mobile bars specifically because while I spent a good portion of my career in restaurants training up people with all levels of, of experience in the restaurant industry, I preferred them super green when I was in the restaurant industry because then I could train mm-hmm. them without having to break the bad habits that they would bring from other yeah. places. But my experience yeah. as a mobile bar owner is the opposite because I don't generally have staff that are regular enough that I can do that with or spend the time on a contractor to get them where I want them to be. So I tend to hire only the most experienced and people who are fresh out of bartending school or kind of want to get into bartending. They're not really somebody that I consider for Bar Magnolia, but it is a fascinating concept that mobile bars can do better. If should they, should they accept the challenge? for their staff if they do take on people who are green and teach them the bartending skills, the hospitality skills, the skills that they'll need to kind of go on and, and, and succeed. And so it inspires me to maybe think about that a little bit. 
on my own business model, if maybe there's space for one or two a season that can start off maybe being a bar back, for example, and, and yeah. then growing through just the experience of doing individual events and then the value that that can provide them as they move on in their in their careers, even if they're just going to college and they, they use their skills that they learned working for my company as at a summer job, right? And, yeah. and how how the impact of my my little tiny baby business could have could be big to some of these some of the people that, that I take on to to train. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think doing that will will benefit not only you know the stuff as well. I mean it benefits it benefits you to know that you I mean that you're doing a good thing as well, not just for for profit as well. You know, it's great to have profit. We all want the profit, but uh, <laughs> so that you you're also helping someone on their life journey as well. And uh, go for it. Oh, no, oh, oh yes, yeah. So so it's relative. And what what I wanted to add to that statement was that uh, it, it's a big role. It's a big role that uh, the mobile buy industry gets to play directly and also indirectly. Yeah, absolutely. We've covered so much today to be so. We have covered LQA standards, the thought of having a similar form of quality standards for the mobile bar industry. We've covered the international potential of of an exchange program. Should we have similar standards in in a program where mobile bars can, can certify so that it's aligned that we have similar levels of, of standard and we've talked about the gorgeous idealistic philosophy behind hospitality and the impact impact that has on the world. And then we brought it back to the micro impact of mobile bars. If they choose to accept the responsibility of training up individuals that may not have the experience currently, but that we provide them with the experience so that we can help them go out into the world and be meaningful and impactful members of the hospitality industry. Yeah. You've done a lot of dreaming today here to be so, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that the dream can, can be realized because it's, it's very vital that some of those points we raised get realized in the near future. Because, I mean, for, for most of us, and I'm sure for yourself, hospitality per se, the industry, the career, I, I, I don't see much as a career. If you are a chef to it heart, it's not just the profession, the fact that you can cook the knowledge. It's your way of life, probably from how you dress, walk, from how you talk. It's, it's your identity. Like a chef, it'll probably be, be like a race, I guess, in that sense. Whereby it, if you, you know, take it to the mobile bartender scene, it's going to be hard when you're passionate to constantly train people who you think are going to leave. You might lose that heart of continuously training people with passion, knowing that they're going to, that they're going to leave. But it's vital to remain as passionate while training those individuals. Because when you instill passion on that level, that passion, they can take it, they can take it far. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Well, I have loved our conversation here at Tobiso and I, I hope that we get to have more in the future. Is there, is there anything that you want, any last comments that you want to leave the mobile bar world with? Well, to be honest, I really would want us to collaborate more with other industries. 
and uh, to have the, the liquor industry also realize that the mobile bar industry can be properly incorporated within within them because they can help with with small launches. They can be the the everyday man on the ground as well. So we can use each other from different aspects of of the hospitality industry to to better communalize ourselves because the stronger we're going to be as a community, the easier it becomes for us to, to come together, even like for such times as global pandemics, for us to better tackle issues that would have been hard to do them alone as an individual or as one organization. So yeah, for me, it's like I'm preaching more unity and, and more peace. Oh, gosh. This might be the most inspirational podcast we've done yet. And I love it. Oh. So thank you to Visa for joining us today. You, for being a guest on the Mobile Podcast. I, I, I feel, <laughs> you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, well, you too. You too. Thank you. And that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was valuable. I would love to hear from you what you thought. You can drop me a line at hello at mobilebevpros.com or find me on Instagram at mobilebevpros. If you're looking for more valuable mobile bar related content, we have a website full of it. You can find us at www.mobilebevpros.com. And I'd love to see you in our Facebook community also by the name of, you guessed it, Mobile Bev Pros. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, cheers.